<laughs> You're fired. You're fired. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Reddit likes this thing. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 450, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. You can go to MarkingOut.com to listen to all the episodes. You can go to all of your major podcasting applications when you do that. Make sure you give us five stars, rate, review, and subscribe, just like I did for uh, Friend Beers, new podcast starring Anthony. Pretty good. Dave, you wouldn't like it. There's a lot of cursing and a lot of really vulgar stuff going on in there. Oh, no. But Friend Beers, go check it out. Uh, you can check us out social media-wise, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, Twitter.com slash MarkingOut, Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, and email us at MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. You can buy our shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. You know... You know, the first week of AEW, they'll have some sort of ridiculous sale, cause even though they said there's not going to be a big sale for a while. But we have a shirt that says, regardless, on there. Go check it out. My name's Chris. I am back after a week of being sick last week. You can follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. I'm also here with Dave, who you can follow on Twitter, at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Dave, how are you doing today? I am doing great. And how about yourself? How are you recovering? Oh, I'm fine. I'm back to a million percent. There you Good go. To go. But seeing it being episode 450, who is your who has your favorite 450 of all time? Um, what can you think of offhand? Memorable 450s um, also, you could say. What's that? Memorable 450s as well. All right. I am going to go with – I'm going to go with an obscure reference that not many people are going to get. I'm going to go with Mr. 3DT, Mass Destruction. You never did a, three, a 450. Yeah, I did off the off the garbage. Really? Yeah, off wow. the trash. I'm thinking about John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge when Zack Ryder faced him. Yeah, and Zack Ryder hit the 450, nailed it perfectly. Yeah, that was an awesome. Uh... Oh no, with the with Ryder. Yeah, Ryder missed his. I know that's what I said. He missed it, but he. Oh, he, oh, oh! I it it was said. a picture perfect. 450. It was. It was. I think from my 450, I don't know if I did it off the term, if the garbage, or if I just jumped high enough on the mattress. There's but no way in hell. We that... need to. We need to rewatch. Go to the clips. I hope we don't have the clips there because they're all lost somewhere. Well, then the... yeah, then I definitely did it. Oh, yeah, he did it off the. He <laughs> did it off the garage. Yeah, I also did a phoenix splash. You don't remember? Oh yeah, I don't either. Uh, but <laughs> apparently Scott Steiner did the first ever 450 splash, but I don't like, it's so difficult to imagine Scott Steiner doing that now that like, like big Papa pump is ingrained in your head. Oh my God. So when I was sick last week, like two weekends ago, I was just like sick as a dog. I couldn't get out of bed. I got out of bed for work. That was about it. But I went on this tear of just watching like obscure wrestling and okay. I went like 2003 Bad Blood Test versus Scott Steiner for let's just I'm just gonna hit the bumper right now because I guess this is your match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. So Test versus Scott Steiner for the services of Stacy Keebler and like Test played the heel in there and she didn't want to go with him and Scott Steiner was like the good guy and it was like one of those epic Scott Steiner botches. Oh, I remember this one. The double axe handle, and he just missed completely, but they got the <laughs> shot when it was the other side of the ring, so it kind of looked like uh, he got it. Mm-hmm. So. But. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the well-known ones. Uh, did you, What else what other matches did he have in there? Um, I watched King of the Ring 95. Okay. Just because I wanted to see Ahmed Johnson run out and knock over the Hardy Boys. <laughs> That was good in the Kiss My Foot match between Bret Hart and Waller. Jerry the King Waller was in there. Yeah, that that was else? like where Isaac Yankum was involved too. That was like uh, around that era. Yeah, there was a bunch. I watched, but I was like, I told you, I was like in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, check that That's match cool. out. But I, I thought of that match because I was listening to Kick and Ass with Jesse and Andy, Andy Williams and Pepper Parks' podcast, and they were talking about it. So I was like, 
I kind of have to go back now and watch it, and it was just so terrible. Yeah, but, like, but like that was like that was like the era of pure like Scott Steiner was a walking talking steroid. Oh, I mean, in, like especially that moment where he was in the ring with uh, what's her like Nydia, I think her name was from Tough Enough. Okay. Uh, and he he made like there's a very well known clip of him saying these comments to her no, while they were both in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He said if uh, I remember because there there's a video on YouTube. It's called Scott Steiner's like the best promo ever. Look it up. Oh God. Yeah. 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 This one. He's like, you gonna do Bob yeah. Backlund things to me? Yeah. Exactly. Like there is. Oh man. Test. I wish that he was still around because I feel like he was starting to peak towards the like end of his career yes, and absolutely like i i he had in ecw he was really really good yeah they had that really in you mean wwecw yeah yeah wwe yeah. ecw yeah but yeah no i i agree i agree but yeah so go check that match out um and what else what else what else dave have you just been grinding it out uh, like i have yeah just grinding it out you know but nothing like some uh pro wrestling in your life absolutely and we had a pay-per-view this past sunday clash of champions uh did you guys do predictions last week were they written down uh, we we did i swept oh. uh brandon got zero i got all of them correct perfect oh yeah brandon's not here because you know he's uh living uh lifestyles of the rich and famous he's in disney yeah cue uh that song by uh that band yeah oh you good charlotte yeah, that's the one. <laughs> nice, nice reference. Nice reference. Anyway, uh, two pre-show matches to talk about. Drew Gulak defeated Humberto Carrillo and Lindsay Dorado for the Cruiserweight Championship. And AJ Styles defeated Cedric Alexander for the United States Championship. Both good matches and uh, I think good kickoff um, matches as well. Yeah, Al, absolutely. Absolutely. But you if, kick- if you're going to... Oh, sorry. Up? No, go ahead. If, you, if, you, if you're going to have a kickoff match, I think that having two of the high-flying matches... Especially because you're oversaturated as is on the card. If you have the two high flying matches on the kickoff, I think that high flying matches really uh, get the fans into the event, and I think it's perfect. Yeah, amen. But kicking off the show itself with new Raw Tag Team Championships, a little miscommunication between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman costed them their tag team championships. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are now. Your Raw Tag Team Champions. I mean, especially putting this match on first, you could tell that there was going to be a uh, a title change. Yeah, I mean, the only other way... I was trying to think about this. The only other way that you could have done this, which would have made no sense, um, unless you made it make sense, but if you had this tag team match lead into Rollins versus Strowman like, on next, yeah. but it would end up being like a... Uh, Shane McMahon screw job or Vince screw job, like it would have to be something like that. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. But I'm totally fine with them opening up the event like this, and it sets up that main event. It still sets up Rollins Strowman Strowman on the TV after saying, "Oh, this was Rollins. Rollins lost this, not me." Yeah, and but you know, I want to talk. I'll, I'll talk about things that go on the next the next night on Monday Night Raw. Uh, next up, Bailey defeated Charlotte Flair. You could kind of say this was Bailey's kind of full heel turn because using the exposed turnbuckle, Charlotte Flair bumping her head into it, getting the quick fall and then running out of the arena. I'm so, a th- at first I didn't really under I didn't know what happened at first. At first I saw her hit the turnbuckle, but I didn't know that the turnbuckle was removed until they showed the in, uh, instant replay. I'm like, "Oh, wow." Yeah. Uh, she hit it pretty well that the camera didn't catch it, or, or at least I wasn't looking at it. But I'm so confused a little bit still with Bailey because she's doing a heel move just as she did. Yes, she's still coming out to the um, inflatedly wavy hands people, and then she's also slapping hands to all the fans and stuff like that still. So I'm like, she thinks that she's in the right. That's the thing. What? What do you mean? She thinks that she's like, you know, she's trying to be a role model, as she says. And Charlotte Flair's a whiner, and this, that, and the other thing. So she's still try- So she, her, in her mind, as the character, she still thinks that she's a good guy, but she's actually not. Catch my drift. I I feel like I need to read a, an essay to explain this to me. <laughs> no, I'm not, well, I'm not going to write you an essay. So I'm just going to go on to the next match. We have new SmackDown tag team champions, the Revival. 
have uh, now they've done the trifecta. Now they've won the NXT tag titles, they've won the SmackDown, they've won the Raw, defeating the New Day by submission. Working on storyline wise, working on Xavier Woods' knee right here to get the yeah. win. And and I was a huge fan that they uh, at first towards the end of the match, I thought that they were going to get a little bit too arrogant. And that was going to cost them because at the end they were going to end the match and they were like, no, 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 not this way. And then they went into the entire focus on the leg with the submission and everything. Yeah, I thought that entire hold off, let's focus on the leg part was going to come back and bite them. Yeah. But hey, I'm totally. I, I think it's awesome that the revival is the tri, has the trifecta now. Yeah, no, good first for ever, right? No. Um, who else has done that? Oh, the she. No, the no, shield. No. No, I don't want to say the shield. Uh, I forget. I don't know. Brandon will comment in our Facebook uh, Facebook um, uh, messenger. All group. right, but they do have the trifecta. Yeah, the triple crown. Um, next, you could say. Yeah. Next up, you had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross successfully defend their women's tag team championship against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Fire and Desire. I thought for sure Fire and Desire were about to win the championship once they hit that tag team move on Alexa Bliss. I believe. Yes. On Alexa, oh. I believe it was Alexa Bliss as well. I really like that move. So do I. Um, and I liked Alexa Bliss's outfit. Oh, her as Harley Quinn was unbelievable. It's so funny because, like, you know, looking on Instagram and looking at, like, the people... Our friend Mike follows her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, like, Mike doesn't like wrestling at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mike used to love wrestling, but now he doesn't like him. Like, and he follows Alexa Bliss. I wonder why. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no. This is... I, I had no complaints with this match either. Uh, next match, as expected, Nakamura with Sami Zayn defeats Miz to retain his Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, the only way that Miz was going to win this was if Sami Zayn cost Nakamura the match, and it's a little bit too soon for Zayn and Nakamura to yeah, go at. they got to give this thing legs and got to let it breathe. I like Sami Zayn coming out the neck brace on. Yeah, totally selling the injury injury from the Undertaker's cho- chokeslam from uh, SmackDown. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this next match... I think was my favorite match of the entire event. Totally on board with that statement. Sasha Banks defeating Becky Lynch via disqualification because she allegedly hit a ref with a steel chair. Um, you can see, and you know, going kind of a little bit forward because they had that WWE special on Sasha Banks after uh, Clash of Champions, talking how she was depressed and how she didn't care about wrestling anymore. Yeah, you I... could see it in this match that she cares about wrestling again. Yeah, and I gotta say, since you brought it up, I actually usually I don't watch documentaries too often, especially on the network. I would love to, but it's so tough to find time. But when you have the time, it's so tough to, for me to just sit down and do it. Yeah. Um, but it, because it went right into it from the pay per view, I actually was really engrossed with watching this documentary on Sasha Banks to find out about her battle through the depression and through like just hearing her say that she went out for WrestleMania and she felt empty. She felt nothing. And it was like, and it was funny too, because they showed like, I guess, you know, kind of like camera shots of her. And it's just, she looked like pale. She looked like she didn't care. They had that one slow motion shot of them, of her and Bailey on the ring ropes, like holding up title. And she's, she just looked like a shell of herself. Yeah, even backstage, like there was a clip of her, I think getting her hair done or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, she just looked out of it, and just a really powerful uh, documentary, though. Yeah. But yeah, back to this match. This match was a lot of fun. The chair shot was a little bit weak of a spot, but if let's not harp on that. Every they battled through the crowd, yeah. and when they battled through the crowd and everything, I I challenge any wrestling fan that to that says that they were not a fan of this because this was just unbelievable. They had everybody uh, wanting some more and more and more. It was perfect. Yeah, do yourself side note here. Do yourself a favor, and if you're not watching NXT on Wednesday night, this match between Velveteen Dream and Roger Strong right now is nuts. I have it on my phone in front of my computer, and Roger Strong's got the stronghold, and it looks like he's about to tap. Uh, Velveteen Dream's about to tap out. No, he's, he's gotta, getting to that rope. He's getting into the fall. Boston Creek. He's. No, I don't know, man. You got four more minutes before you know suits comes on, and then they go to the WWE Network. So something's got something huge has got to happen here. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I have it on. In, I'm in a different room, but I could have I have a visual uh, vintage point view of uh, the TV right now, yeah. and I'm not even sitting down recording right now. I'm standing just so I could watch this debut episode of AEW um, of NXT Lawrence. 
Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a Larry. Yeah, it's all right. Um, next matchup on Clash of Champions, though. Kofi Kingston defeats Randy Orton clean. So you can kind of say this is the end of this kind of feud between Randy Orton. And I got to say, this match, I actually fell asleep during. I know, but didn't you watch it again? Like No. I, well, did I it. watched it again. I thought it was Yeah, great. I couldn't. I, I, I woke up. Like, it, there was really no point because I woke up at the Rowan match, and I'm like, oh, I don't know who won, but I'm okay with it. Like, I I think I texted you asking who the one was. Yeah. Because at first, I didn't realize that I missed like, I fell asleep right after the start of it. I feel like Undisputed Era is going to cost Roderick Strong a title. Ooh. They all came, out to, the, all came out to the ring. Huge backdrop. By Velveteen Dream. I had a buddy, Sal texted me before, and he goes, I miss Mauro Nalo. Like, yes, you <laughs> did. Yes, you did. Um, next up on Clash of Champions, shocker of the night, in more ways than one, Eric Rowan defeated Roman Reigns in a non-disqualification match with the help of Luke Harper making his yeah. return. So that guy that we saw that we MS painted uh, that was actually him was not Luke Harper. It was some other random bro. Um, and the real Luke Harper, A, looked like a million bucks. Yeah, he looks he looked, lean. Looked like he... he looks like, you know, he's been working out. Yeah, it looked great. And, like, I think that we, we've all spoken about on the podcast how great it would be in if Harper did a lot, like come back what? right now. And no. I, what I think is interesting no, is that he kicked out. Sorry. <laughs> nope. You're good. I, I don't want to say anything because I don't know if I'm a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Um, you but probably yeah, no, this entire Harper thing, I'm so happy to see him back. I think it's kind of interesting that a lot of these uh, wrestlers that were gone for so long are coming back around the same time. You had Sasha Banks, you have Luke Harper. Yeah. Somebody else that's been away from TV for a long time just made the return too. Um, I forgot who though. But I, hey, I'm a fan of this thing that they're running with with Rowan. Do you want to see, would you want to see Rowan in a singles run or put him, now that Harper's back, put them as a tag team? Put them as a tag team. Make them a big dominant force on SmackDown. One, two, Three, Roger Strong, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news here on Marking Out. The prophecy has come to fruition. Roger Strong is your new North American champion in a heck of a match with Velveteen Dream. Undisputed Era holds all the titles in NXT. Sick. What a great match that was. I'm going to go back yeah, and watch and it tomorrow when it's on the replay. Yeah, and it's not even... Uh... Half the point. end of NXT. Well, it's the end of NXT on USA for right now. Then we have to go over to the network and watch the rest of it. because Suits Oh. Ha- yeah, because Suits has a couple more episodes left. And then once they go head-to-head with AEW, it's going to be a full-on uh, full two hours. Gotcha. Okay. Do yeah. we know what other matches are taking? Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle. Okay. And then Dijak's in the match, right? What? No, next week, uh, Dijak versus Keith Lee. Okay. Yeah. So, congratulations, Roderick Strong. Yeah, well, they had their main event on this TV show. So, let's go into the main event of Clash of Champions. Seth Rollins picked up the victory over Braun Strowman to retain the WWE Universal Championship. Um, He nailed Braun Strowman with three or four... uh, Stomps. With three three curb stomps. A pedigree. And then had to put... uh, I'm sorry? A pedigree. Yeah, the pedigree. Braun Strowman jumped off the top freaking rope. I I marked out for that so hard. That was such a cool spot, and then he they tried to play up that he had a leg injury following yeah. that, which I thought was was a nice little additive to it. Yeah, no, so do I. I thought it was great. Yeah, I I was actually more surprised that there was no inter direct interference in this match, and I'm I would it was I thought it was solid, good yeah. closer. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought these guys put on a show, but the bigger story after this. After they ran the, you know, copyright 2019, Seth Rollins is sitting there, lights go out, and who shows up but the fiends? Shows up, hits Sister Abigail, hits the mandible claw, you, uh, Clash of Champions ends, black, the Bray Wyatt laughing that looks like a, bro- sounds like a broken record, and cuts out. Nothing else. I thought that was the best ends to a pay-per-view in a very long time. Because I, it just it, it didn't end Clash of Champions. It started something brand new, which I think everybody's been waiting for, 
which is, you know, this whole Bray Wyatt actually being on TV full-time instead of, uh, you know, doing all these promos and being on, on and off of here. They're, they're, they're pulling the trigger on The Fiend. They're pulling the trigger on Bray Wyatt, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I think that this was a great way to end the pay-per-view. And I was actually a fan of this pay-per-view in general. I thought so it was right. really good. I thought it was great. I thought it was really well done. Um, I liked the 24-7 stuff, especially the promo that they, they had. And all of a sudden, you see the boom mic come down, and Alexa Bliss says, he goes, our truth is in the building, our truth is in the building. And then you saw people you know, trying to run past him. Yeah, that was that was a hilarious edition of the twenty four seven championship, um, and uh, just to go back to the fiend, I was really really happy to see him also hit the mandible claw because after he hit Sister Abigail, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, okay, I guess he ha he's going back to using Sister Abigail uh, and stuff like that, or we're not always going to see mandible claw. But then after he hit Sister Abigail, he still went into using the mandible claw, and I'm like, ah, oh, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, that was Clash of Champions. And now uh, let's go right into it. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. And we're going to do something different here today. We'll see if it sticks. We'll see if Brandon likes it. He's probably not going to like it. and He's going to trash all over us later about this. Um, but we ended off Monday. We ended off Clash Champions with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. And I feel like one of the biggest storylines going on Monday Night Raw was Seth Rollins and The Fiend. You open the show with a promo between the two. Seth Rollins talking about his hard-fought battle. And then you have the Firefly Funhouse come in saying that Bray and Seth are going to be best friends. The Fiend doesn't forget things. Um, and essentially setting up Hell in a Cell between The Fiend and Seth Rollins, which will be fun. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that The Fiend is not only responding to Rollins on Raw, but also taking it to Twitter where he's interacting with him and talking about a friendship and stuff. This like, this wasn't all of what we saw out of The Fiend and Seth Rollins. It was another Firefly Funhouse later in the evening where Bray Wyatt's hanging up all the pictures of people that he's you know taken out. Mick Foley, Finn Balor, Jerry the King Lawler, saying that he's going to be making more friends that evening too. This whole storyline that ends at their main event, which... Seth Rollins picks up the win over Bobby Roode. We didn't even talk about this at Clash Champions that Bobby Roode pins Seth Rollins clean. So if this was like 1994, Bobby Roode would be the number one contender for the WWE champion, the Universal Championship. Although it was clean, Bobby uh, Seth Rollins did run right into go, uh, go right into Braun Strowman. Yeah. So it it was very it was very much so clean, but Braun Strowman did play an. Uh, uh, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Seth Rollins versus Bobby Roode because because the club comes out, beats down Seth Rollins, which then leads to Kane coming out. Oh my God, Hellfire and Brimstone! It's Kane. Kane comes out to make the interesting save, but then I, 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 I really I marked out for Kane. I was in the. I was at the bar with Dan watching this, and I'm and what I. What bar were you at watching this with Dan? Uh, Left Coast. They had it on the I, TVs there. Yeah. I, oh well, I requested it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I I was just like, excuse me. Um, this may be a little bit out there, but can you put on USA Network for Raw, please? So they tossed on Monday Night Raw for me to watch. Uh, when we were hanging out. Oh, interesting. Yes, but Kane came out. Thanks for giving me a call, bro. I'm sorry. Thanks for giving me a call, bro. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. It's fine. I, I was. I worked that night. I got my butt kicked. Yeah, I, I knew that you were sick too. Yeah, true. So, but yeah, so this took place, and I marked out for Kane alone, and I feel kind of foolish that I didn't see the next part coming. Do you didn't see the fiend coming? I, you know, I it just didn't. I was so um, caught up with Kane that it didn't even occur to me. Okay. Why do you think well, there'd be like a Kane Seth Rollins? No, I, I just thought that we were going to end with Kane on top. We're in Tennessee and stuff like that. Uh, um, but then once the when, once he went to go for his little pyro and the fiend started to queue up, I'm like, dude, I marked the heck out. Nice. I was smiling. I was laughing. I'm like, Dan, this is uh, I this is happening right now. But Dan this hates wrestling. <laughs> I know, and I'm trying to explain to him how big of a thing this is right now. Like, I was legit marking out while watching this at the bar. It was hilarious, and I probably looked like a crazy person from to anybody else. But this, 
was amazing. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. What yeah. about you? Um, I'm a fan of it. I'm a, I'm a fan of the fiends. I'm a, I'm a fan that they are pulling the trigger on them. But you know, we're gonna get this match at Hell in a Cell. I don't feel like the fiend needs to win the title right now. Uh, you, you put this on like maybe midway through. You make the main event. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what we're gonna make the main event later because we'll talk about it. You make the main so, event something else. You have the fiend like midway through the match just beat the heck out of Seth Rollins. Then all of a sudden the lights cut out. He starts doing the laughing thing. Fiend's nowhere to be found. Seth Rollins is sitting there just like, oh my god, where'd the fiend go? And then you continue on with the storyline for a couple more months. Let's you don't say, have to. You don't have to give the fiend the universal title just like like that. So I have two questions for you. Okay. All right. One. So. If- First one, Bray Wyatt uh, with the Fiend and everything like that. Um, how would you? And the only way, I, how would you end the match without making him look? The only thing that I could see with getting him over while maintaining Rollins as champion is if, like you said, he beats him down. But he beats him down, and then in the next Sister App of uh, Firefly Funhouse, he just says how like silly Seth, silly Roll Seth. I uh, I don't care about a universal championship. I just want to be your friend. I don't care about a title. Exactly. I don't need that. Egg. I just want friends. Do you remember in The Dark Knight where yeah. the Joker is like, oh, we're going to be doing this for a long, long time? Use exactly. a spin off of that. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% and agree with you. And it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking when I was explaining this. I was thinking of Heath Ledger's Joker because yeah. this also is very similar to that scene where he burns his portion of the money. Yeah. Where he's just like, everybody's in this for the wrong thing. I, I'm i in this for whatever he says, but everybody's focus is on the money. He doesn't care about the money yeah. aspect of it. You can burn his portion of the money. So just like with Bray – he doesn't care about that title. He just wants to. He just wants madness. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, but also my other um, thing about this was I know you mentioned about pulling the trigger on the fiend. Now that being said, do you think that he should be on Raw more often? Yes. Especially going so how- going into the fall, we always see in the fall the ratings for SmackDown kind of drop a little bit maybe because it's the monday night football all those this week monday night football that game was a stinker um you see him drop but the fiend is such a liked character you know they're making so much merchandising out of him this that and the other thing put him on raw people start tuning in more especially that you're going to be going into this quote-unquote wednesday night wars with aew you have the fiend go on Monday Night Raw. People start paying attention to that more. You hit you hit some commercials for NXT, NXT in there that'll seed people to start going to NXT on Wednesday nights. You know it'll be a, it'll be a win for the WWE in general. I don't know if I agree with you fully. I I would love to, but I don't. I kind of like the way that how it is right now, where you do have Firefly Funhouse on an episode of Raw, and then you don't see maybe the fiend until the week after. Like, I would be okay if he does appear more often, but maybe every other week instead of every single week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then where do you fit the Firefly Funhouse in? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. But if he's going to go into a big storyline right now for the Universal Champion, you got to have him on every single week. That's I, I think that going into this, he has so much potential for mind games that he doesn't legit have to appear on Raw. You could. He also has the benefit of having puppets. Yeah. that can appear on Monday Night Raw for in place of him, which would still get people to talk and be like, oh, did you see the puppet What that was following Seth Rollins the entire night? Yeah, absolutely. Side note, I'm watching NXT on the uh, network right now in front of my computer. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunne is just it's so good. And this guy, Arturo Ruiz, or whatever his name, I forget it, I forget his name, but he, they put on like a, yeah, you would love it. They were like shooting on each other mm-hmm. to start the match. It was spectacular. That's yeah, Pete Dunne, he has so much potential where it's funny, he's so young where I feel like they he just has so much room for development that it's gonna be it's he has no ceiling. Yeah. No. And I, I, what I'm hearing is allegedly he's moved to the States and he's gonna be a, a full focus on NXT now on Wednesday nights, which I'm about. Yeah. I'm about. very cool. Um let's talk about the tag team division. Because a bunch of stuff went on within the tag team division on Monday night. Uh, you had the tag team summit with your two new tag teams. Uh, tag team champions, I should say. Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler and The Revival. Which then led to Braun Strowman 
coming and taking everybody out. So do you think Braun Strowman's going to get a new partner? Do you think he's just going to hold both the titles by himself? Like, oh. what do you think is next for Braun Strowman in this tag team division? I don't think that anything's really going to happen with Braun in the tag team. I think that he's going to... I think he's just going to have, like, kind of run his own rampage. But I don't think he's going to be directly included with the tag team division. Okay. He was just maybe just getting his comeuppets from the, the night before. Exactly. I think that it was just more of a, like, a revenge that even though I lost to you, I didn't lose to you. It was Rollins, by the way. Yeah. But I was involved in the match, and just don't forget, I could still dominate you whenever I want. Yeah. I think it was one, something kind of like that. Yeah. But, I mean, let's. what about this match? The six-man tag team match, the OC picking up victory over Viking Raiders and Cedric Alexander. They've been teasing this OC Viking Raiders feud for a couple weeks since that tag team gauntlet. So this is a great way to kind of keep that going. And then also keep the feud with AJ and uh, Cedric Alexander going too, which I was a fan of. Yeah, I think that this this entire feud of Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles, it's enjoyable. I like the fact that after the match, AJ Styles defeated him. And Cedric Alexander's self for that flying forum was awesome. The phenomenal forum, how he did a flip with it. But I like that AJ was just like, he's not done with him. He's just going to continue to beat him down. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact, and what I've been reading, too, that allegedly Cedric Alexander is going to be a big part of Paul Heyman's Raw coming going forward as, like, a big main event guy. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because look at everything that Cedric has done over the past maybe two two months, two and a half months. Yeah. Before the big deciding factor, his real come-up moment come up was where he come was – what was it? Comeuppets. Comeuppets. That's what I was, I was going to go there, but I was just like, I don't know what the word is. But um, when he was revealed to be Roman Reigns' tag team partner yeah. as the surprise, like when he took off the mask or whatever he had on and it was Cedric Alexander, since then, we really have been getting a dosage of Cedric Alexander almost on a, as a constant basis on Raw. Yeah. From the King of the Ring tournament to the Roman Reigns angle. Um, to now this AJ Styles stuff, and it's been entertaining and fun. Yeah, I'm I'm about it. I'm about it. Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, speaking of the tag team division, one tag team we haven't seen in a very long time, AOP. They have uh, they had a promo this week on Monday Night Raw, kind of making them like mercenary style foreign hitmen, which I'm I thought it was a cool promo. I think it was well, you know, arts artsy, very well done. Yeah, I think that it was very cool. It was a big, big change from uh, the game that they were portraying. Yeah. So I, I want to see more. I so don't maybe know. like maybe we'll see promos with them in the suits, and then they'll come out in the tactical gear and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, even if they maintain suits, I that would be like kind of like a Mister Hughes ish. Nice. I would be. Fun. No, no one beats Mister Hughes. Come on. I know, I know. But if they maintained wearing suits throughout the match, I would be fine with that. You know, I and I'm happy that they kind of are developing their own promo skills as well. Yeah, which I, I like. Um, speaking of, did you watch any of the the watch along for Clash oh, of Champions? No, but you just reminded me that I actually do want to go back and skim through it. Oh, dude, Heath Slater's talking like they have Mr. Hughes stories. Really? Oh yeah, the Mr. Hughes stories. Heath Slater gets a Irish whip through a wall of Skittles. Yeah, it was it was really good. And Chrissy. Cassius Ono on there. Spectacular. Wait, Ka- oh yeah, they had a bunch of NXT people. Cassius Ono was on there. Chelsea Green was on there. So it, it was uh, it was cool. I'm going to have to check it out. But, uh, let's have... also, yeah, but let's also not forget about the uh, huge thing that took place during Monday Night Raw, the entire division, the t- 24-7 title. Yeah, we had a, a new 24-7 champion in that in Big Baby Glenn. Glenn Mayor <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. Won the 24-7 title from R-Truth at the uh, Vols football stadium. And then he lost it back to R-Truth later that. I thought these, this segment was great. It was a great use of using uh, Mayor Glenn. Yeah, I, and I love the fact that R-Truth the entire time was talking about, referred to him as if he was the president. Yeah. And, no, um, he called him Larry Bird, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry Bird. And Carmella, I she kind of disappeared out of the segments yeah. later on. But I thought that it was, it was very enjoyable. And at the end of the night, our truth is now what, eighteen time or nineteen time? Yeah, he's uh, champion. He it's Ric hilarious. Flair. Beaten Ric Flair. 
beating Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, next up, which should have been on Clash of Champions, but I guess they needed to have that Roman Reigns match, which I'm fine with, was the King of the Ring. And your new King of the Ring is all hail King Corbin. Baron Corbin defeating Chad Gable to the dismay of all the marks <laughs> because Swoosh Daddy did not win. I thought the ending of this match was sick. I love I love that entire the end of days. I know, and you you can't say anything bad about Baron Corbin just because he beat Chad Gable and everybody uh, on the internet's a mark for Chad Gable, who I think is spectacular as well. But I think Baron Corbin, since coming up to the main roster, has not had a singles title. I think this is the perfect thing for him to kind of elevate him a little bit more. I I think that the one thing that you can't take away from Corbin is that he is a great gimmick uh, character. He knows no- his craft. I don't exactly. Think, I don't think he has like a gimmick, but well, not like not specific gimmick gimmick, but every time they align him with a new moniker, he runs with it. Whether it's defeating Kurt Angle or what, like every single the thing. The GM. Yeah, the G. Huge uh, botch on NXT. Okay, go sorry. Oh, what happened? Uh, Zia Lee, I guess, was trying to go for like a drop kick off the top rope from the second, and she jumped and she kind of just fell. Okay. But she, but she is beating the ever living heck out of Aaliyah right now, right. like yeah, stiff but, shots. But Baron Corbin, I am very happy that he is the victor, and I think this this entire King Corbin, he's going to dominate that role. Even maybe not do- dominate in the ring all the time, as we found out with him with Chad Gable trying to get one up with him on him later on uh, with SmackDown, but. Corbin is going to run with this gimmick, and I feel like he's going to run with it a lot further than Chad Gable may have run with it. I agree. I 100% agree. Uh, let's talk about the weirdest storyline going on on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and Maria was having a th- thing backstage about giving the uh, gender of her baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she just went to announce that Ricochet was her baby's daddy. Uh, which then led to a match between Ricochet and Mike Canales, which Ricochet won. Uh, but then it was revealed Put, that... Hold on, before you reveal that, I was actually kind of disappointed because I'm like thinking, I'm like, all right, this could be a moment that lights Mike Canellis' character like into very angry and not like a ruthless Mike Canellis, which we've known him since Ring of Honor, and we know what potential he has. And I was just like, all right, this could be a great moment. And then... He ends up losing to Ricochet, and then as you were going to continue, yeah, what happens next? I'm sorry. I'm, chew- I'm chewing on my cherry from oh. uh, <laughs> well, my Manhattan yeah, so that I, was, I made. No, I, I was really disappointed that they didn't – that this could have been a good moment for Mike Kanellis, but later on it was real that revealed that it was for a better moment with someone else because Maria came out announcing that the father was actually going to be Rusev. Yeah. Um, with a porno mustache. And looking lean as all heck. I feel like a lot of guys on WWE roster recently have just been, like, leaning out so you really see, like, their muscles and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just so like... Strong. <laughs> like, just... Rusev looked in, looked insane. Yeah. It, like, a huge transformation. Yeah. But even still, I think that it's stupid that... Because because of Total Divas and everything, you know Rusev and Lana, and it's very it's one of those things where, okay, back before all of this, yeah, you could have ran with it, but because it was something so prevalent on TV, it's kind of tough for you to run with it and for me to just uh, buy into it. No, I, I I agree, but now like now you can get some more segments out of Mike Kanellis, and you can get some Rusev. He's got the the dad porno mustache. It's real strange. And just takes away from any sort of seriousness I could take from Rusev. But hey, listen, to each their own. Um, let's talk about the women's division a little bit. Because both of those title matches ended with things could keep going. Uh, you saw this team now of Sasha and Bailey um, def- go on on Monday to defeat Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, your tag team champions, via submission. Uh, but then afterwards, you had Becky Lynch, you had Charlotte come out, everybody had steel chairs, chairs were swung. Um, I be- believe that they set up a match between Sasha and Becky in a Hell in a Cell in a Hell in a Cell. Oh, that I don't, I'm not too sure. I know them, I, I saw it, but I don't know if it's in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if it was a Hell in a Cell match or if it was just at Hell in a Cell. 
oh snap, Imperium is invading NXT right now. Oh snap. Who's Imperium? Uh, it's Alexander Wolf and... Uh, Walter? That, yeah, well, the three of them are in there, but Walter's not in yet. If Walter comes out, I might just mark a little bit hard. He starts chopping this dude. It's against some scrub. Um, but yeah, so, you know... Extending storylines, as we saw at the end of Clash of Champions, that both those both title uh, pictures can be extended. Yeah, I, cool. I'm totally, I'm totally fine with this because this is also an opportunity to breathe uh, further uh, air yes. into. I was, yeah, that's the one too. Okay. Uh, into Becky Lynch's character with the man, because for a little bit you're like, okay, well, we got through Ronda Rousey, we got through this and that. Where is it going now? And then they brought back Sasha Banks at the perfect time so her and sasha i think this is gonna roll for for who knows how long and i want more i know i know but they can't like you're gonna have to have sasha banks win in hell in a cell and then like have becky have that big baby face climb back up yeah i i think that it's kind of inevitable that sasha banks does get that championship back in her hands amen amen and that was all the really big things from uh raw that really uh caught, caught our eye Yep, Walter's coming out. That is awesome. I like the fact that they're using NXT UK, especially on this big first event, but it's not on USA, so it's not like it really matters. Uh, <laughs> let's get on to SmackDown. You kind of had the, the bookends from Clash of Champions to start off the night with the New Day defeating the, the Revival and Randy Orton. But the bigger story out of this six-man match was after the match, Brock Lesnar makes his Big return on television. Last time we saw him was at SummerSlam. Face, uh, challenging Kofi Kingston to a world championship match at the first SmackDown that's going to be on Fox. It's very surprising that Lesnar was making an appearance. But going into Fox, especially a big network like Fox, you want to have you want to pull out all the punches. Yeah. No. Am I, am I oh, wrong? Yeah, no, I, I, and I, do you see Brock Lesnar taking the win here and taking the champion? Just this dream run of Kofi Kingston is over on uh, the first SmackDown on Fox. I think that it's very important to feature Brock Lesnar. I think it's very important to feature to bring back a few other uh, well-known characters for that first Fox episode. Yeah, and now whether or not he wins, I, I think that it's. I think he has to. Yeah. Because if I mean, if Lesnar if, if Lesnar loses to Kofi, what does it say about all these other people, Braun Strowman that couldn't defeat and put away Brock Lesnar? I feel like Lesnar has to go over, and then I feel like if they're going to do an underdog story to defeat Lesnar, it's going to have to it's going to be someone else, but not Kofi. I you know like I'm not a you know and I've said this on I'm not a Brock Lesnar fan, but I get it. Especially going on to a new network, you want to put all your chips in, you know, in the in the basket, and it's important to feature a big star like Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is a lot more well known than Kofi Kingston. As much as the marks don't want to say it, you know, you can walk in. Oh man, now Kushida's coming out to face off against Imperium. He's gonna get his butt whipped. And he's no, come... he's gonna. What? Yeah, he's gonna no. put it back to the future. He's gonna go back in time. <laughs> um, but. I yeah, yeah I mean I don't you, like it, but I understand it. Do you I, see Lesnar winning though? I, I, I absolutely. The last shot of SmackDown, the first SmackDown that's going to be on Fox, is going to be Brock Lesnar holding up the championship, all red and blue in the face. You know, after he uh, you know went twenty minutes with uh, with Kofi Kingston. I don't even know if they're going to go twenty minutes. I mean, let's, they they did face off before in Japan. Um, during that, where I know, but Lesnar, that was a different era of yeah, Kofi Kingston. That, that, was, that was a different era, but I don't see them going more. I think that it's going to be maybe a five-minute match. I don't think it's going to be 20 minutes. Oh, man. Kushida just took out all of Imperium. See? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think that I don't think it's going to be a long match between Kofi and Lesnar, and I'd be surprised just because Lesnar has a lot riding on him. I mean, he has the history with Rollins, has the history with Braun, has the history with you name him, uh, Roman Reigns, Undertaker. For Kofi to pick up a victory, it would be huge. But where would Kofi go if he Kofi defeated Lesnar? What next for Kofi? You don't know. You have to. What we didn't even mention is that there's going to be a draft that week. You know the whatever the first and the fourth. I think it's going to be 
Hmm. Yeah, so maybe from there, you draft some people to kind of work with Kofi Kingston. What do you think? All right, I think that Kofi is going to lose to Lesnar. I I can't see if Kofi if Kofi wins. I don't see what would be next for Kofi. But like, I don't see what the payoff would be. But what if New Day is the reason why he loses? First, first SmackDown. That would be New Day is such a marketable product on WWE. You don't want to like have any sort of dissension between them, especially again going into a new network. Like, yes, all the you know, like us us being wrestling fans. Oh, we could do that, but you have to think of the bigger picture. Fox has given WWE a lot of money to advertise and do all the stuff. Like, bully. If if you listen to the Busted Open podcast, Bully Ray was making a lot of really good points about this. You want New Day as a cohesive unit. You want Brock Lesnar on your show as Brock Lesnar. You don't need to have New Day branched off to the Kofi Kingston and then Biggie and Xavier Woods also. You got to have them kind of separated. I kind of think the Kofi Kingston championship reign has hit a point where I can't see it continue to go up. I feel like right now it hit a point where it's best off that he loses and then reta- and then uh, regains it at some point. Yep, I 100% agree with you on that. Uh, other things that have been going on in the SmackDown world has all been all this Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens stuff. Uh, you know, last week him getting fired. This week, Shane McMahon got served with a $25 million lawsuit from Kevin Owens. Um, and apparently Shane McMahon's letting him do house shows now, which is cool. So you're going to see this kind of, this whole storyline kind of expand on itself. So. And I, I I love this entire KO Shane stuff. It's really taking you back until that to that Vince Stone Cold era. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, more women's action, as you know, we talked about the two women's title matches. Kind of the storylines can c- progressing. Um, again, it happens again on on SmackDown as Charlotte Flair picks up the victory over Sha- Sasha Banks via DQ uh, because Bailey breaks up the count. Uh, offset. Uh, what's who's offset the rapper um did he's, he, in, he's the one that did the rick flair drip yeah i think so he's married or something to cardi b okay but anyway he introduced rick flair uh charlotte flair in a full robe yeah i i don't really get it i don't i don't care for offset whatever i don't really care but uh you know the match was good uh at the end carmella comes out to make the save so no no gotta- no, no, no not carmella Carmella. Oh, my 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 deepest dearest apologies, David. Um, <laughs> yeah, so okay. so maybe you're gonna start seeing Carmella get away from the twenty four seven gimmick and our truth, and kind of bring her back into the women's division. I would be totally fine with it. I mean, for a long time she was she was champion, and I thought that she was really good as oh, she was champion. great. She had a good run. Yeah, so I mean, one thing that I'm actually still surprised at with the 24/7 championship is that she hasn't tried to take advantage of our truth and pick up the victory. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so now I guess she'll be helping out Carmel, uh, Charlotte Flair on that front to take on Sasha Banks and Bailey. I still think it would be funny if Carmella picks up the victory over our truth, but our truth like doesn't find out about it. So they try Carmella tries to. Uh, hide it from him that she's champion and he's not and just that spins off into its own thing i think that would be kind of funny but yeah corbin king corbin has his uh coronation on smackdown only to be interrupted by chad gable who totally cleans house yeah hits him with the scepter breaks his crown all this stuff so you know again taking the finals of the tournament of the King of the Ring tournament and just kind of extending it into a storyline now. Yeah, I, I actually got worried with Chad Gable because there was that like whenever they swing a an object and you see it break off, you're like, oh god, please don't hit someone in the in the crowd, yeah. you know? Because you saw like the scepter broke off and that went flying, and then something else I forgot what, but went flying, and you're like, it always you always like think like it's gonna hit someone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um. Going back to one, maybe one of the biggest topics we have out of Clash Champions was the reuniting of the the Bludgeon Brothers, but they had a nice little sit down interview with Michael Cole early in the evening on SmackDown, talking about Rowan saying how he's always felt held down, which then led to the, essentially the last segment of SmackDown with Daniel Bryan coming out, uh, talking about Eric Rowan, talking, um, and then 
to be taken out by the Bludgeon Brothers. You have then Roman Reigns come out to try to make the save. He gets decimated. Daniel Bryan gets the crucifix bomb through the table. Bludgeon Brothers look like they're going to be a dominant force on SmackDown. Yeah, um, and I look- do you see Hell in a Cell tag team match? Bludgeon Brothers versus uh, Roman uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I see that taking place, and I see Bludgeon Brothers picking up the victory. Um, I what about you? Yeah, I I. I so going again, I want to talk about SmackDown going to Fox. It's like Brock Lesnar. Who are you gonna have Brock Lesnar face? Have him face Roman Reigns. As we haven't seen Roman Reigns since he came back from his leukemia, defeating leukemia, in the world title picture. You have him get over this big hump of the Bludgeon Brothers, the Daniel Bryan stuff, and then you have him focus his sights towards Brock Lesnar. You know that's. As much as us wrestling fans are like, no, that's not big money. That's a money matchup. Especially now that Roman Reigns has been off the world title picture. You have Brock Lesnar going into it. Those are two very well-known names. Roman Reigns now doesn't like kind of transcends professional wrestling with the entire, you know, leukemia thing and whatnot. So yeah, I I agree with you, but I I think that there's a lot of other people that can be in that picture. But I think that something that we can agree on is that Lesnar will be champion, though. You, you got to think about the marketability, and you have to think about the money. Yeah, so. I that's that's a big thing. And I'm just gonna backtrack a little bit with the Rowan. One thing that I li- really liked was him making re- making a large note that he is a lot smarter than Daniel Bryan. He is actually very smart now. I, I I would I would assume so, but in, in character wise, I like it because this entire time, you always saw Rowan as the sidekick. You always saw him as a simple-minded man that just was very quiet, um, and now he's getting that role to speak. And I think he's really doing a great role, uh, a great role in uh, all the promos that he's been cutting so far. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, and it's time to kind of pull the trigger and let them. You know, let these guys do themselves, do, do their thing. Have them in a couple months beat the Revival. Let them have a good tag team run. But then you're going from, well, Revival is SmackDown, correct? Yeah, they're SmackDown now. Okay. So Yeah, I still, I still have no clue. The SmackDown Raw thing, I it's like they did that entire plus four rule, and that went out the window. Well, no. Speaking of which, what? Uh, I'm sorry, but Lars Sullivan, what, what's up with him? I don't is know. he? Would you say that he should be on SmackDown at some point? He should. Well, they're saying this after this draft, the wild card rules thrown out the window, and it's not happening anymore. So the wild card that was so stupid to begin with. I guess they tried it, but yeah. Yep. Um, let's go on to some outside the ring talk as well. Anthem, the parent company of Impact Wrestling, you know they had that big owl thing that they love so much, has now bought majority of the shares for Access TV. Actus TV has Women of Wrestling, Actus TV has New Japan, and now Impact, post Bound for Glory, uh, will be broadcasting on that channel as well. I think this is huge for Impact. I think this is a great thing for Impact. There's so many more televisions that will be able to get Access TV, not one of not Brandon's, as he uh, <laughs> tweeted out to Optimum the other day. Um, but this is a larger scale. Impact, you know, we've been saying it for years and years. Oh, they're done, they're done, they're done. I don't think they're done, and they're going to be around for a very long time because of this. So congratulations to Impact. I'm so stoked for this because Impact has a great product, and they have a lot of talent on there. That is, and, and Don Callis, and who's the other guy who was in the Bullet Club for a hot second? Um, yeah, Scott, Scott Demore. That's it. Thank you. They're doing a great job with building, building, this, uh, you know, building Impact. So bravo to them. I'm stoked about this. I think that that's a great move. The thing is, I even sometimes forget Impact Wrestling as a thing. Like it's so tough to remember Impact Wrestling because as a thing when you have suit. Yeah, but when you have WWE and now AEW, it's like, oh, you have WWE versus AEW. Oh, but oh yeah, we have Impact Wrestling too. Yeah. Like you totally forget Impact Wrestling is a televised thing as well to be watching. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but hopefully, this hopefully will get some more butts in the seats. Yeah, but hopefully, like. Something happens with Impact Wrestling because nobody's really talking about it. But what about Impact Wrestling taking on AEW? Is something going to happen there? Is AEW going to 
triumph o- triumph over Impact Wrestling. Oh, Leo Rush, right now is in a barn burner of a match against Oni Larkin for the uh, number one contendership for the cruiserweight title. Very cool that Leo Rush is uh, back in action. It's been a long time since that entire. He hit a springboard lesson. stunner off the bottom rope. So sick. Um, I don't. I think they'll be a good three. You're gonna have your WWEs, and you'll have number twos or AEWs, and then Impact could be a solid three because they have a. They're gonna with this access deal, they're gonna have a lot more reach broadcasting wise instead of you know Ring of Honor, who could be a solid number three, but. They're so I, I, niched down just to Sinclair Broadcasting. I hope that Impact Wrestling really does. I don't know if it's Step It Up, or but I hope that Impact Wrestling does something where it's on AEW level. Thank but talking about AEW, the Tag Team Championship Tournament bracket has been announced, correct? That is correct. That is correct. So first round, it's going to be Young Bucks versus The Private Party, Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, Best Friends versus SCU, and the Dark Order gets a first round bye after their win at All Out. They'll be facing the winners of SCU and Best Friends. So what is it going to be? Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, Best Friends versus Dark Order? That's, yep, I'm with you on those. Or do you, or do you want to see the huge upset and have Private Party, uh, you know, get the uh, pick up to victory over the Young Bucks, which I would love to see. It's, it's so difficult to see upsets at this current time. I mean, I feel like right now AEW hasn't really had huge upsets. Yeah, I agree. So I, I would, I think that it's going to be the Bucks Bros Best Friends Dark Order. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to be walking away with it? I the, the young only Bucks. people that exactly the only people that shouldn't be walking away with it is the Young Bucks. I agree. I agree, hundred percent and ten percent. But they've announced more days for their live television tapings now, Wednesday, November twentieth, at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Nowhere near New York, guys. Yep. So great. I mean, I would love. To, I think AEW would sell out instantly if they went to Nassau Coliseum or even Hammerstein Ballroom. It would. It would be really cool to be able to catch one of those events. Oh, I would. I would love to see it, and I'm. I'm looking forward to AEW going in the you know the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Sad news to report from this past weekend of professional wrestling. Uh, there was an incident at a Wrestle Pro show involving Big Cass. Allegedly, he got in the face of Joey Janela. Allegedly, he got in the face of Pat Buck, who is it was it was Pat Buck's you know send off show since he's not a full time producer at WWE. Um, he was had to be escorted out, according to reports. Um, this is you know coming after Big Cass's you know had that Fox News interview saying you know he's was you know an alcoholic and he's kind of come out of it, but you know Big Cass went out of the way through Enzo Amore and apologized, apologized to everybody involved. No, you know, n- no arrests were made and nothing like that. So, I mean, we wish the best to Big Cass in, you know, recovery of everything that was going on. He said his demons got the best, the worst of him. So we'll see uh, yeah. where it goes from here. You know, depression's, depression's not a, a light thing. You know, you, could, you still could be depressed. You know, there was reports two weeks ago of, you know, him and Enzo going back to NXT, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Maybe that got the best of him, allegedly. You know, who knows? But, you know, I, we would love big, – Big Cass was an amazing big guy. We'd love yeah. to see him back in some sort of capacity somewhere. Yeah, and like like you said, I think that the depression part is a huge topic, an important topic to discuss and to uh, not ignore – and I think that this entire stuff with Big Cass, like you said, we wish him well. And I think that that's even more reason why this entire, uh, the, not to, but the Chronicle thing with Sasha Banks was so important as well because it did uh, spotlight that depression yeah. aspect. And I feel like that's a huge topic that needs to be spoken about. Leo Rush just picked up a huge victory over Oni Lorcan in a, as I said, barn burner of a match. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I just want to hear him say Lashley 18 million times over. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh I think that's uh, all we got written in our uh, Google Docs for this show. Um mm-hmm. no shame no shameless plugs right now. We talked about the match of the week, so uh, let's hit it to Brandon's pre-recorded shout-outs. Shalom, Jace over here, and you're about to listen to my favorite part of the show, Brandon Shalom's. Oh, I mean Brandon's shout-outs. Eddie Money gets the first shout-out. He unfortunately passed away this week, and uh, I always wanted to see him live. I never got the chance to, but uh, I enjoy his music, so here's to you. 
Next shout out goes to a very Brady renovation. I don't normally watch or even enjoy shows like that, the HGTV style, but I like I like the Brady Bunch. I enjoyed this first episode that I watched. Um, it's the Brady children and a bunch of the HGTV stars teaming up to make the original exterior shot of the Brady Bunch house into what they had uh, in, in California, like the studio-wise. So they're like turning a one-floor ranch-style home into a two-story mega house, I guess. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to AAA and Impact Wrestling's Invading New York. It was really cool to see this. I wish it was still at the arena, but uh, it was a pretty packed show at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. And I ended up getting my seat moved up to like the sixth row from the ringside. So that's that was pretty cool. Uh, and I think like the best match might have been Lucha Bros versus LAX. But overall, I really enjoyed that event. And I I wouldn't mind if uh, AAA hosted some more shows there. The crowd was super loud. I have to assume everybody paid to be there. Um, the only thing that I thought was a little bit ridiculous were the uh, the prices for the masks. I know like. So I guess like the professional masks, they were selling them for $290. I think that that's what they were. I don't know if they were signed or what or something like that. I think they were just like professional grade masks, which I think should only be like a hundred ish, maybe a hundred fifty. And then they were selling like the commercial ones for like 45, which I think if you go down to Mexico, they're all like 20 bucks. So Maybe book a trip to Mexico and <laughs> get your lucha masks that way. But it, it was overall, it was a really cool show. Um, after the the event ended, Psycho Clown in full gimmick mask and everything went out the the regular exit right onto Eighth Avenue and started signing autographs, taking pictures. A huge mob of people formed around him, and then he just went into a New York City taxi cab. I couldn't even imagine being a New York City taxi driver where this guy in clown pants and a clown mask knocks on your window or whatever or, or hails a cab for, from you and you and he gets in and then you're his cab driver. And it's just like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> but it was funny because there were a bunch of people walking by like, oh, who's that? What's What's going on over here? I'm like, oh, it's wrestling lucha libre a famous mexican wrestler right there and as much as i'd like to tell you how awesome it was to see brandy carlisle and mavis staples at madison square garden on saturday night uh because i first heard of her in 2007 when she was the itunes free single of the of the week and i downloaded it and i thought it was one of the greatest songs i've ever heard uh, i have run out of shout outs so it was cool to see her at Madison Square Garden. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me here. Riveting, riveting stuff. Wow. wow, I I wish that we could have an episode where we just listen to Brandon's shoutouts um, for thirty minutes on repeat. Uh, that was thank you very much. That was unbelievable. Yep, and now it's time for it. Our our. Mark out moment of the week. What do you got, Dave? Oh, what do I got? I got to go with Monday Night Raw. At the end of Monday Night Raw, there was no way that that was not going to be my mark out moment of the week. What about you? Um, Yeah, I'm just marking out for The Fiends. Uh, my three-year-old likes The Fiends. I should be real scared. <laughs> yeah, Mad Maddie walked around the house the other day going, yowie wowie. That is, that is awesome. Oh, yeah. well, that's also not – I mean, from, I think you could appreciate this from a video uh, – a cinematography aspect but the ending to raw the way that they were catching pretty much everything on that camera perfectly with the fiend yeah like they were doing a spot on they had the angles and everything perfect for it well i guess kevin dunn wasn't directing that time so he has all those weird camera angles 
So. Oh, one thing I, we didn't even mention it, but I did like during Monday Night Raw to, with the Fiend staying on topic, how they were flipping the uh, some of the images too. Yeah, no, they're, they're I, honestly they're running, they're doing amazing right now. I mean, I'd be marking out a little bit harder if the Yankees uh, were able to clinch the the AL East right now, but uh, they're losing three uh, two right now in the top of the ninth. They could walk yeah. off. That would be amazing. Doing better than the Mets. Absolutely. Did my wife get? <laughs> or is there somebody in my house? I think there's somebody in my house. Hold on, let's see. Is it my wife? Uh oh, this is taking a turn. Oh yeah, she's trying to get in the house right now. She's home. Sorry, I walked away from the microphone. And, it is uh, not Stone yeah. Cold Steve so, Austin. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I heard some glass shatter. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so that's our podcast. Marking out 450, and hopefully you you love this episode so much that you want to be doing 450s, and we thank you. Markingout.com, Facebook.com slash Markingout, Twitter.com slash Markingout, Instagram.com slash Markingout11. I'm watching NXT right now. There's a commercial for SmackDown. Matt Riddle, here it is, the big main event of uh, SmackDown tonight. Getting almost 20 minutes. Uh, Markingout1 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. Dave on Twitter, Dave the Rave underscore MO. Dave, uh, Brandon might be back, so follow him, BTTG161. And until next week, we wish you. The... the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have it.